Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Sota Daf Lamed Hey, We are holding on daf Lamed Dalet Ambez, the last few words of the page, Vayashuvu Misur Mitur Haaretz. Today's daf is, today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children, Ali Ilanishmas, his mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom. We so appreciate his continued sponsorship of the Daf Yomi. We appreciate anybody sponsoring the Daf Yomi. We thank uh, Dr. Lander uh, for, the, uh, for the continued sponsorship. Uh, today, what we're going to discuss is the following. We're going to discuss, continue to discuss the Miraglim, the story of the Miraglim, and how they managed to get everybody to listen to them, even though they were saying uh, something bad, and how Kalev managed to get everybody to listen to him, even though they were going to not react well to him arguing on, on all of the on all of the Miraglim and what exactly the content of their uh, of their bad report uh, report was and why it is that Kodesh Baruch Hu, they weren't telling total lies why it is that Kodesh Baruch Hu caused those things that they say happened to actually happen then the Gemara is going to talk a little bit about the uh, the rest of the crossing of the Yardin which included the Aron transporting those who were carrying the Aron over the Yardin. The Aron lifted and flew them over the Yardin. So that's going to lead us into a brief discussion of the cover that one is supposed to show the Aron and how Uzzah was punished for uh, for trying to catch the Aron when it was being transported and it looked like it was going to uh, it was going to fall. We're going to discuss how David HaMelech was punished in a certain sense for referring to the Divrei Torah as a Zimra, as a, as a song, because Divrei Torah are not, uh, are not just songs. Then the Gemara is going to uh, also discuss, after it talks more about transporting the Aaron, it's going to discuss how they wrote the entirety of the Torah on stones. Did they write it uh, on, directly on the stone and then plaster over it? Or did they first plaster the stones and then write the Torah on it? And what the purpose of that was and how that's going to be a uh, major problem for the Yumos Olam who don't learn Torah because they should learn Torah since they had access to the Torah that was written on the stone. So now the Gemara is going to, so let's begin three lines from the bottom of the page, on daf, three words from the end of the page rather, on daf lamid dalid amud bey. So we're explaining what's going on with the Maraglim. By Yashuvu mitora aretz, that they returned from uh, scouting out the land. Vayelchu vayavau, l'chara, the word vayelchu is extra because after it says vayashuvu mitora aretz, we can't start it doesn't have to write Moshe. They returned and they came to Moshe. What's Vayelchu? They went and they came to Moshe. That the uh, we we equate their uh, their their going out on this journey of uh, being Miraglim to scout out the land to their return. Just like upon their return, it was obviously with bad thoughts in mind to be Motsi Laz. So to already at the time that they went to go scout out the land, it was already with the plan of being Motsi Laz on Eretz Yisrael. The Chizkuni on the Pasuk says, but wait, don't Chazal have a Kulam Anashim tells us that they're all chashuvim, that they're all ksherim ba'usa sha'ah. So how can you say that they went with a bad plan if they were kulam anashim, if they were all ksherim? He says, no, kulam anashim is when Moshe appointed them. But already by the time they left on the mission, by that time already they had, uh, they had, they, 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 they had soured and their plan was to be motzilaz on Eretz Shal. The Archaim HaKadosh points out that the Pasuk is letting us know uh, that, that they had soured already on the way 
there because we do have a principle of shluchim mitzvah and in Izakin. So how could it be that shluchim mitzvah are going to do something like that? So apparently, our Chaim Kadosh understands shluchim mitzvah and Izakin is not only that nothing physically bad is going to happen to them, but in Izakin that they're not going to be spiritually harmed. So how could they have suffered such spiritual harm on the way to do a mitzvah? Elamai. That's why the Torah has to tell us that they were already uh, not shluchim mitzvah by the time they were they they they, they set out. On their on their journey, so So the pasuk says they said and it's and They demonstrated the fruits as we saw ten miraglim carrying uh, fruits, eight of them carrying the cluster of grapes, and one carrying the rimon, and one carrying the teina. So uh, and all of that was divrayem uksiv. And then the next uh, the the continuation of the pesukim says. Efes ki azaom, that it's a very strong in the Aram Bitsurus Kedolos and Yili Anuk that we saw there, and, and all of that is Divrei Laaz. So it started out something very positive, and then it turned into this terrible Lashon Hara. Some Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rameir, Rabbi Yochanan says, Nim Rameir, the Gemara gives a simon over here, Simon Ms. Levado Levaya. So, yes, I was preparing the daf. I actually got to prepare a little bit yesterday, and I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I couldn't figure out what in the world is this simon. I was looking through the rest of the daf, I didn't see MS, MS I get, but Levado, Levaya, well, where, where in the world is that? So you look in the back of the Gemara, a lot of the Mepharshim point out, the Cheshach Shlomo and the Rashash and Rizkai Zuchaver, that these Simanim are different statements of Rabbi Yochanan named Rameir throughout the Mesechta. So the, on this daf, you're not going to find them all. MS is the one that's written on this daf about the Meraglim started off with Divrei Ames. Levado relates to a Gemara we're going to have in a week from now on Membeis and Bez, and Levaya is going to be on Membeis and Bez. So the Achronim raised the question that, uh, that, wait, if we're trying to identify every statement of Yochazah's name Rameir on Lamid Vav Amid Bez, in tomorrow's daf, there's another statement that he says in the name Rameir. How come that's not included? So there are basically two approaches. One is change the names of who it was, that it wasn't Rabbi Yochum Shem Rameir, it was Rabbi Yochum Shem Rabbi. That's the Rashash's approach. And the Cheshach Shlomo's approach is added to the simon, that there's got to be another word in the simon. Okay, but that's what the simon is about. So, anyway, Amr Rabbi Yochum Shum Rameir, Rabbi Yochum teaches Nim Rameir, Kal Shonara, Sheinbo Dover Emes Pitchilas, Sheinbo Dvar Emes Pitchilaso. Anytime you have the Shonara where it doesn't start with Dvar Emes, Amos Kayim Besofo, it's not going to have any uh, standing. No one's going to listen. No one's going to believe it. So, you have to start with some truth in order to, uh, to, to, to build some credibility. Uh, Credibility, and once you have that credibility, then people are going to listen to the rest of it as well. So then the pasuk says, "Vayas kolivus amin losha." So Gemara Darshan's Amar Rabbi Sheisisim b'Dvarim that he managed to quiet them down by speaking about Moshe Rabbeinu and making it sound like he was going to say something negative. Pasuk Yoshua to come mishtai. He saw that Yoshua wanted to respond right away to what the Meragim were saying. So Amile they said to Yoshua. What, this guy with the cut off head, he's going to be, he's going to speak? So they immediately disrespected and denigrated Yoshua and uh, made it as if no one should listen to what this guy's going to say. He's a guy walking around with a, with a cut off head. So, uh, so Kalev realized that if he's Amar uh, if I try to speak, Amri Bimilsav Achasmili, and they'll do the same thing to me. They'll just discredit me. They'll say that I'm a nobody, and then I won't be able to uh, to say anything. So a couple of things over here. First of all, what kind of insult is this to Yoshua that he has a cut off head? So 
Rashi writes, Ein lo banim, that he doesn't have any children. So what? Since when uh, that Ein lo banim? So Rashi says, no, Ein lo banim lachnisam la'aretz. He has no stake in this because he has no kids to worry about that are going to get killed when they go into Eretz Yisrael. So he's not worried about it. He has no family to think of. But uh, but we, who are family people, we have to think of the future of uh, of our family. The, uh, the, the Yad Elio explains that the Lashon of Rosh Ketia is based on what the Gemara and Ksubis says, that there's such a family called uh, Mishpachas Durkiti. Durkiti means a family where the women don't have Damnida and therefore they're unable to have children. And it's called Durkiti because it's Dor Katua. Katua means cut off. It means that the generations are cut off. So over here also, Rosh Katua means that he doesn't have any further generations. The Marsha asks, and it's not Mistaver, that Yeshua didn't have uh, um, uh, children at that time. And he says, uh, the Gemara must be, based on what we said in, uh, previously, that Yeshua uh, was not sent B'tzivah Yashem. And uh, therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu added the Yud to Yeshua's name. That's what the Marsha explained earlier. Why did Moshe give only to Yeshua, to not to the rest of them because the rest of them were chosen by Kodesh Baruch Hu. Moshe Rabbeinu chose Yoshua to be his representative there so Moshe, so Yoshua needed a little extra siyat and deshmaya because he wasn't chosen by Hashem so Moshe Rabbeinu added the Yud so the Ragam discredited him by saying this guy, he, he wasn't even really one of the originals, he was like an add-on that was, uh, that was uh, just put in there uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu so that's what they refer to him, Katiya means the letter that's cut off, that the Yud is a very short letter that it's cut off at the bottom and that's how the Marsha explains. The other problem with that with Rashi is that the Gemara Megillah says that yeah, in Ochinami, Gemara Megillah Yudal says Yoshua didn't have any sons, but he had daughters, and they get a chelik in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, we learn from Benoslavcha that the daughters get a chelik in Eretz Yisrael. Someone has daughters, so how could that be that uh, they say, oh, he's not worried about his descendants because they don't have a chelik in Eretz Yisrael anyway? So the Mincha Chareva he says, yeah, this was before the Meisel of Benoslavcha. They didn't know that yet, so they didn't realize that. Uh, the daughters are going to get a chelik in Eretz Yisrael. And then the final issue over here, the Ben Yoyada, uh, raises the question that Kalev says, oh no, if they said that about Yoshua and they discredited him as, uh, in whatever way, that he doesn't have children, that he's just an add-on, you know, that uh, what are they going to, they're going to do the same to me. Well, Kalev, what could they say about you? Meaning uh, none of those things are true about you. So what exactly is the weakness of Kalev? So the Ben Yoyada says, they're going to say that when I snuck off to Hebron, I probably m- made a deal with the giants there, that if I uh, bring uh, Klal Yisrael in so that they could squash them, then I'm going to get something, you know, I'll get half of the land or something. So uh, they're going to say that that's what I was off doing when I went to Hebron. So So Kalev started his speech. He said, is this the only thing that Ben Amram did for us? So they immediately thought he was going to say something uh, not nice about Moshe Rabbeinu. What gave them the impression that he was going to say something not nice about Moshe Rabbeinu? So the Mizrahi on the Pasuk says because he called him Ben Amram hey, that's a zilzal to call him not by his name he should have said Moshe Rabbeinu but by calling him Ben Amram that's an indication you know in the, if you look in the Haftorah of Machar Chodesh the Haftorah of Machar Chodesh there's a whole conversation between Yonasan and Shaul about where David is David didn't show up to the uh, Rosh Chodesh Su'uda and Shaul, uh, Shaul was all upset where is uh, where's David and uh, Yonasan is defending David and David is uh, mentioned like uh, a bunch of times in that, in that Haftorah except sometimes he's called Ben Yishai and sometimes he's called David and it's not random 
Every time Shaul refers to him, it's Ben Yishai. Every time Yonasan refers to him, it's David. Because when you respect someone and you love someone, you call them by their name. Otherwise, you don't want to mention their name. So you have Ben Amram. So Shaul didn't like David at that point. He wasn't getting along so well with David, to put it mildly. So uh, he would call him uh, Ben Yishai. So over here also, Kalev is saying Ben Amram. So that's the indication that he was going to say something not nice. So Yishtiku said, let's listen to what he has to say. So then he started uh, piling on the praise. Took and he split the sea for us, and he fed us the man. If he were to ask the world of us, if he were to ask us to make to make uh, ladders to climb up to Shemayim, shouldn't we listen to him? So let's go into Eretz Yisrael and let's uh, let, let's ca- conquer the land as we are supposed to. So then the pasuk says after Kalev uh, made this speech, they said, we can't, it's not possible. So Gemara explains, they're saying something much more impactful and much more terrible than it sounds like. Because we could darshan, that's a little bit of a funny line. What do you mean? It's the same word. So uh, what it means is, don't say mimenu belashon rabim, but rather mimenu is belashon yachid. So you, apparently you could say al-tikri, this is the way some of them Farsham explain, you could say al-tikri even if it's the same exact word and it reads exactly the same way, but we're saying don't understand it to be belashon rabim, that uh, they are stronger than all of us, but understand it belashon yachid, that they are uh, stronger than kaviyachal, afilu balabayis, enu yachaloti kelev misham, that they're saying that, uh, that as if the Balabais himself, Akrush Baruch Hu, is unable to rearrange the furniture in his own home, that he's unable to, uh, to remove these giants, uh, these people that are inhabiting uh, Eretz Yisrael, uh, in order to allow us entry into uh, to Eretz Yisrael. Uh, so Rashi takes away the gears of Altik Mimenu Al Mimenu, because there's no difference in the Kriya of Mimenu Mimenu, and that's what Tosas writes in Masechas Arachin as, as well. Um, the, uh, the, there are those that have girsa, she gets this quote girsa, altukri mimenu elamiyamino, meaning miyamino shal Hashem, the right hand. Of, uh, of Hashem. And then she says, well, it's probably the Pashup Shad, uh, according to this Kirsa, is that you could say Al Tikri, even though it's read the same way, and there's no change in the way you read it, because it means something else. We're saying don't read it to mean in the plural, read it to mean in the singular as well. So the Gemara continues Darshan in the Pasuk. So the uh, Maraglim say, Eretz Ochelis Yeshvehi, it is a land that consumes its inhabitants. So Darush Rava, Amar Kurushbarku, Kurushbarku said about when I gave them the impression that it consumes its inhabitants I was doing them a favor but they misinterpreted it and thought that it was a bad thing that wherever they went a person died in that place and my intention in doing that was that it should keep the people busy and they're not going to pay attention to these strangers that had just walked into their land. So uh, they won't pay any attention to the Maraglim. That was the favor I did them by keeping them busy. The Ikadamri, others darshan the Pasuk, that the Maraglim said, Eretz Ochelos Yishveha, not that wherever they went, people died. One person died. Iov nach nafshe. 
Eov died at that time. And he was such a chashva person that everyone was busy with the hesped of Eov. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that so that the zechus of Eov shouldn't protect Eretz Yisrael. That's what Rashi writes. That he, he made sure that the greatest tzaddik there and tzaddikim have a protective uh, power over the land that they're in, like we see by Saddam, that uh, they, had they had Sadiqim, Saddam would have been destroyed. So Sadiqim have such a power, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu took away the protective power of, uh, of Eov. Um, and he says that, uh, that, that uh, that's what, uh, the, when he says, that's what it means, that their cell, their shade, their protective uh, power will, was, was taken from them. And this is Rav Lashitaso, because in Masechus Babasu, the Shonim point out, in Babasu Daf Tesvav, it says that Eov was, was B'yamei Moshe, according to Rav, it's Machlokas, when Eov lived, so if you hold, Eov was B'yamei Moshe, it makes sense that this would be, this would be around the time that Eov died. Um, the Mincha Sota, though, says, wait a second, there's something's off over here. Because it turns out that Eov died at that time. Um, the, uh, he, he says that, according to Rashi, Eov died at that time in order that his zuchus should not save all the people there. But the Gemara says that he died, that whoever just died was to keep them busy, was to distract them from the Maraglim. So which one is it? So he says, no, you need both reasons. That if Akarosh Baruch Hu just wanted that his Zuchiyo shouldn't protect them, then he could have killed the Yov way earlier. And if it was just that they shouldn't be true dim, he could have killed any Sar, any major important person, any Chashuv. Why do you have to be Eov? So you need both reasons. But he says, still I have a problem. For, because because uh, in 40 days, uh, one person died, that distracted everybody the entire time? Meaning that's considered, I mean, forget about that distracted, that, that would be considered Eretz Ocheles Yosheveha? That we were there, and there was a Levaya. I mean, there's a Levaya every day in a, in a country. If it was only one person that died, how could you say that it's an Eretz Ocheles Yosheveha? And also, Eov uh, was in one part, part of the land. He wasn't everywhere. He was one person. So where, why is it that wherever they went, they were Hespedim, wherever they went? So he suggests that Eov was so Chashuv, and therefore everywhere they went, uh, they, people were being Masabal on him. And the Meraglim didn't chap that it was only one death. They thought that people were being Masabal wherever we go. It must be that people are dying wherever we go. They didn't realize that it was only one person that died, and he was just so important that they were, uh, that they were being Masabal everywhere. And that, that, that explains why, uh, you know, if people actually were dying all over the place, you could understand why the Meraglim would think that it's an but they should have paid attention to the Hespedim and they would have heard that it was all over, uh, what, it was all about one person. Okay, so now the Gemara continues to dash in the Pesukim. The Pesukim continues, that we uh, felt like grasshoppers and they saw us like grasshoppers. So You see from this Pesukim, it's a raya that there are a bunch of shakronim. I understand they could describe how they feel that we felt like we were a bunch of little grasshoppers in comparison to these giants. But that's what we were in their eyes. How would they know what they how, what, what they were uh, uh, thought of in the eye? Uh, how they were viewed in the eyes of these uh, giant people? Velohi says it's not a raya that they're liars. It could be that they knew it. How did they know? Because when they were going to do Sudas Havra'a, to because they. As we said, there was Avelus everywhere. So part of Avelus is you have a Suda Savra, and apparently that was uh, Nahug already 
uh, even by non-Jews in uh, in in Eretz Yisrael at that time. So they were giving Suda Savra to see Mavri. They would do the Suda Savra under these big cedar trees. And the Maragum saw these giants coming to have their meals under the cedar trees. They climbed up the trees to sit and hide in the trees. And Shami Dekamri, they heard the, the people sitting under the trees saying, that way, I, I saw the strangest thing they were saying to each other. I saw these little people that looked like uh, grasshoppers uh, in the trees. You ever see an animal that looks like a little grasshopper, looks like a person, or a person looks like a grasshopper? We saw such creatures in the trees. So they realized that they looked like grasshoppers. So they cried out that night that, uh, when the Meraglim brought back this diba. So that happened to have been Erev Tishbav. Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu Hein Bachu B'chiyah Shalchinam Baruch said they're crying B'chiyah Shalchinam they're crying for nothing because it's really a very wonderful land V'aniyak V'alem B'chiyah L'doros I'm going to make this uh, day the anniversary of this day a B'chiyah L'doros that both Batei Middash are going to be destroyed Dafka on the anniversary of that date on Tishbav. The Iyun Yaakov points out it's obvious that it's not saying that the Midah Pranas is so strong that only because of that cry uh, we had but we lost both Batei Middash and we had all the Galios, because the Galios was for many, many reasons. It's just that Tala HaKalkala Biyomakulkal, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranged it, that which was going to happen anyway, happened on that day, because uh, that day was Muchal Naparanus. So uh, things land where they're supposed to land, but it was supposed to happen anyway, because of our other Averos that earned us uh, those Chorbanos. Uh, those so the Gemara continues darshing the, the Pesukim, so after the Meraglim tell the Lashonara, Yeshua and Kalev come back and tell Bnei Yisrael that no, it's a good land and they have nothing to worry about. So then the Pasuk says, When Yeshua and Kalev say nice things about Eretz Yisrael and try to encourage the people, they're ready to, uh, to stone them. And the Pasuk says, The Kvar Hashem is near Ba'ol Moed. So Gemara Darshan, from the fact that it says, and Kvar Hashem, right next to each other, they're juxtaposed with each other, so you see that they took stones and they wanted to stone Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachol. That's the the Kvod Hashem was where they were really throwing the stones. That's where they were aiming their stones. So that's the second time already on this stuff that we see that the real target was the Ribonu Shlolem. Chazaku Mimenu is the Ribonu Shlolem. Is really to to the Ribonu Shlolem. Vayemusa Anashim Motzia Divasaritz Ra'a b'magefa lefnei Hashem pasuk says they died from magefa. So Amr Rabbi Shemalakish not just any magefa. Shemesu misa meshuna they died in misa meshuna. Amr Rabbi Chanin Bar Papa Dorish Rabbi Shila Ish Kfar Tamarta Melamit Shenistarbev Lashonam their tongues grew long v'nafal al tiburam and went all the way down to their belly buttons. Vayutolaim yotzos and these worms came out of their tongues and went into their bellies and vice versa their tongues became a bridge for these uh, for these worms to go back and forth from their stomachs to their up their tongues Rav Nachman says no they died of Askra you don't need to make up new things that they died from Askra is the traditional worst way to die the Gemara says that Askra is the most awful of, uh, of deaths and Askra is something that is a death that you find uh, people uh, get for speaking, uh, for not being nice to each other. So for speaking Lashonara, it makes sense that they would die from Askara, right? The Yudbe Zugos Tamid Rabbi Akiva died from Askara, the Gemara tells us. So Askara is this awful, awful uh, death. 
Now, what's the story with the tongues going this way, that way, and the worms going back and forth? So the Iun Yaakov points out it's Mida Kenegad Mida. They, they sinned with their tongues because they spoke Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael is Bitibura Shalolom. It's the, it's the focal point of the world, and therefore it was uh, both parts of, the, of their body, the, both of those parts of their body were involved in the Onesh. The Rif on the Iun Yaakov says that it's being Merames that uh, that that uh, um, it, it, uh, being promised to them that they would have been better off never having been born. That uh, had they stayed in the in the womb and been sustained by the belly button, been sustained by the umbilical cord. Uh, so the thing about a baby is that uh, that he gets uh, his his mizonos is taken care of uh, from his uh, from his belly button, but he can't speak. He can't open his mouth. Right? It's one of the miracles Gemara Nida describes when a baby is born is that when uh, now his mouth is able to open, he's able to emit a sound. So that was the 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 uh, the Kenegad Mita was telling them it was that was the message rather of the onesh that you would have been better off. It's noach lo shalonivra, right? That's what the Gemara says. There's a machlokas whether noach lo shenivra, noach lo shalonivra. We better off being born or not being born. And the Gemara's conclusion is, if you're not a tzaddik, you're better off not being born. And therefore, they're being told over here, you guys lost it. You, you weren't tzaddikim and you're no longer, and therefore you're better off never having been born. So now, we go back to the description of crossing the uh, the Yardin, right? How did we get into the Meraglim? Because we described when they were crossing the Yardin that they picked up these very heavy rocks, and we described the weight of those rocks, and we said, oh, and you should know that there's a three to one ratio of how heavy a rock you could pick up, you could deadlift versus uh, how heavy a rock someone could pile onto your shoulders. And we see, so think about the Meraglim and the cluster of grapes that it took eight Meraglim to hold when they were helping each other, and that brought us into the whole discussion of the Meraglim. But the real agenda over here was to talk about the Yardin. So the Kivin Shalah, Achron Shabi Yisrael Yardin, when the last Jew was able to get through the Yardin, Chazumayim Limakaman, the water went back to raging as it normally did. Shenemar Vayihiba Kalos Hakadim Nose Aron Bris Hashem Mitoche Yardin, Nitku Kapos Ragle Hakadim Ela Charava, Vyashuvu. Uh, that the Yardin went back to full, uh, you know, to its full force. There's a girsa over here that uh, makes sense to change. The Einyakov says not Aron Venosav Vikohanim, Aron Venosav Hakohanim. Meaning, we find that there were Kohanim. This is one of the three places, as we saw, that the Kohanim were carrying the Aron, but it doesn't mean every Kohen was carrying the Aron. There were some Kohanim that were carrying the Aron. So what happened was that the uh, that the, the Aron and the Kohanim carrying it put their foot in the Yardin, and then the Yardin stopped flowing, and it uh, piled up tile tilim, all these uh, wall, uh, the wall went high up. How high up? Uh, you know, we had that Machlokas about how high it was. Kalmach and Mizrach we were able to see it. And then everyone went through, but the Kohanim stayed there, right at the east bank of the river. They stayed right there uh, where they were, and everyone went through. When everyone went through on the other side, everyone was on the west side, they then took one step back. And then the Yardin went back to the way it was, right? So that's uh, so they were all on one side. So the Kohanim and the Yardin were on one side, and all the people were already on the other side. We saw Echad. So Nasa Arun, Nasa of the Arun, then lifted up those who were carrying it, Va'avar, and then brought them to the uh, to the western side of the Yardin. Shnemer Vayikash Tam Kalam Lavor Vayavar Arun Hashem Vakwanim Lifnei Am. That when everyone uh, had gone through, so then the uh, the Arun Hashem and the Kohanim went Lifnei uh, Am. 
by the Aaron, lifting them and flying them over the Yardim. And it's about that that Uzzah was punished. And Amr, because the Pasuk says in Divrei Yamim, that when David was bringing the Aaron from Kiryas Yarim on a wagon to, uh, to so so, uh, so uh, the, the, the Uzzah went to go grab the Aaron because he saw that it was slipping, he saw that it was shaking. So Amal Kodesh Baruch Hu, Uzzah, Nosav Nasa, he said to Uzzah, you should have made a Kalvachomer, that if the Aaron had the Kalach to lift those who were carrying it, you don't think it could lift itself? You don't think it's able to lift itself? Someone just sent me this morning uh, for Rabbi Emanuel Bernstein, quotes Rav Cook, that uh, Rav Cook said, you know, what, because Uzzah didn't make this Kalvachomer, he deserves to, uh, you know, the Gemara is going to say that, uh, that, he, that, that uh, had it not been that, uh, that he was touching the Aaron, he maybe doesn't deserve Olam Haba. Like this is something that's so terrible, he deserves to die for something for something like that. So he said, no, it's symbolic. That why is it that the arm was slipping? It's because the oxen that were carrying it were were tripping. So there are two ways to fix it. You could fix the arm, or you could fix the oxen and make the stand the oxen up straight. He said, and that's symbolic of uh, what often happens is that very often there's a slipping in the in the Torah because of those who are carrying the Torah. And uh, a lot of times we look to fix the Torah itself rather than fix those who are carrying the Torah, those who are responsible for learning the Torah and observing the Torah. And that was the, uh, the, the sin of Uzzah. Anyway, that, uh, that Uzzah was punished and he was, uh, Hashem smote him, and he died there, the Pasuk continues. So, what does it mean, Hashal? That it means that he made a, a shogeg, he made a mistake, he made an error by not making this kalvachomer. The other one said, no, he relieved himself in front of the Aaron. That shalom means something that drops down. So he had droppings in front of the Aaron by relieving himself. So in the same for Karim Nata, he says it doesn't mean that he purposely relieved himself in front of the Aaron, that he treated it like Balpa'ur or something. Uh, that's not what he did over here. No, the Gemara Megillah Daft Tezvav says, Amalka, and the Gemara Darshins, that she was so terrified, that sometimes a person is so terrified that they lose control of their faculties. And he was so scared that the Aaron was going to fall that he relieved himself, that he lost control of his faculties. That's what it means over here. But you shouldn't be so scared for the Aaron. You have to have confidence that the Aaron is going to make it because the Aaron is the one that was no seas, no sub. So now the Gemara continues to dash. And he died over there with the Aaron Elokim. That even though Uzzah sinned, he still merits to go into Olam Abba. Just like the the Aron is always going to be around because we find Yoshio Amelech was Gones the Aron, but the Aron is always uh, is always there. It's in Geniza somewhere. It's in Machlokas and Chazal, whether it was in Geniza on the Makom Hamigdash somewhere deep down in the tunnel that was dug out for that purpose, and it's Nignas there, or or, or it's Nignas somewhere. Uh, it was already taken by some, by by our enemies, and it's Nignas somewhere else. But but the Aron was uh, was uh, Nignas. Uh, so uh, so. So, so just like the Aron is uh, is always around, so uh, so too Af Uza Bali Olamaba. So Uza is going to, continues to live in Olamaba. Ve'yichal l'davar Hashem parts Hashem 
Peretz Buuza. So David got angry. So Amr Ablazar, Shinishtanu Panov Kecharara. When it says Vayichar, it means that his face turned black like the blackened bottom of a pot. Says Gemara, Elameyat, Kalehecha, Dechse Vayichar, Hachinami. Is that what the word Vayichar always means? That, that there's a change in a person's complexion? Lahasim, so is that possible to say, to say such a thing? Um, wherever it says Vayichar, but we find such a lotion by Hashem, uh, that Hashem is Vayichar. So it can't be by Hashem that it's Shinui Panim. Hashem doesn't change. So no, Hasim Ksiv Af, Hachalok Siv Af. It can't be that uh, that that that, uh, that every time it says Vayichar, it's uh, it's that when when all the place that it describes Hashem getting angry, it says Af. So Af doesn't mean a change of complexion; it means that there's anger. Whereas uh, by David, it didn't say Af, and that's why we darshan the change in complexion. Why was David punished uh, to the extent that Uzo was died on, on his account? Because David also didn't respect Torah properly, by, but not, not by trying to hold the Aron. He didn't respect Torah properly by referring to the Divrei Torah as Zemiros. That when I was running away from my enemies, so my, your, your, your laws, the Torah itself, were Zemiros for me. That's what kept me going. That's what brought me joy. So I'm the divrei Torah about which we say that if a person closes his eyes from them and his Messiah das from them, then uh, then they they're forgotten from him in a moment. And Atokarios and Zmiros, and you teach you you call them Zmiros. I mean, you know what it takes to accomplish some learning. You know how much dedication and work and effort. You can't minimize it by calling it like a song. So I'm going to cause you. To be nichshal in something that every child knows, and that is that when you carry the aron, it needs to be carried on people's shoulders and not on a wagon. Because the pasuk says by Hakodesh that the bnekas didn't they weren't given any wagons because their job was to carry the aron. Moshe Rabbeinu gave uh, wagons to all the levim who were carrying the mishkan and the caliph, but the bnekas who carried the aron and the shulchan were not given a galos because they had to carry those things. Bakasef the Rambam it says that when you carry the it's mitzvah that you have to carry it by the shoulders. So uh, and David had it going on an agala. So that's what that was. Uh, that, that, that's what he forgot that caused this whole thing with Uzzah that Uzzah ended up dying. So now uh, once the Gemara Darshans the Maisa with Uzzah, which was when they brought the, the Aaron from Kiryas Yarim. So Gemara Darshan is the Pesukim that talks about bring the Ar- when the Aron came back from the Plishtim after it caused all sorts of tsaras to the Plishtim. So the the Anshe Beit Shemesh were smitten because they saw the Aron. Because they saw the Aron and they looked at the Aron that was coming, so they died because of that. So one opinion says that that they continued doing their work even as they were Mishtachavah to the Aron. And that itself is disrespectful. Meaning, when you are acknowledging Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you're acknowledging the Aron. It means that you give your full attention. That's why it's Allah Psuk and Shulchan Aruch. We discussed last night's week's cover that when you're saying a bracha, you're not you're not allowed to be doing even a davar kal, even something that's 
mindless. That doesn't uh, just any physical activity at all, even if it's totally mindless, is also when you're saying a bracha. As the Shulchan Paskins, that when uh, someone is saying Kaddish, you're not even allowed to fold your talis. I could listen to the Kaddish just as well, if not better than I normally listen to, if I occupy my hands uh, folding my talis. No, but it shows a lack of respect for the. Uh, so that's the, this idea that Kotsur Mishtachim are you, that they continue to do their Kitsira. They knew how to do Kitsira. It didn't take much mental energy to do their Kitsira, but still that's considered disrespectful. And others say that they said things. Who got you angry that you got angry? You didn't save yourself. And what made you change your mind now, Aaron, that you decided to come back? So they spoke disrespectfully about the Aaron. And uh, 70 plus 50,000 people died. So Rabbi Vav, Rabbi Lazar, that's not the actual number. It was 70 people, but each one in their tzitkus was like 50,000. That it was 50,000 people, but each of them were shakul like the Sanhedrin itself. Uh, the Pasuk says, when David Abel finally actually brought the Aron uh, back, so it says that they brought these karbanos. They brought a shor umri, um, which is a fattened shor. Uksiv, and the Pasuk in Devarayam says, Shiva parim v'shiva elim. So it's a stira. How many karbanos did they bring? For every step they took uh, that they from base Ovid to, to the Ir David, where they were bringing the, the Aron back to, shor umri. They shechted a shor and a umri. I'll call sheish v'sheish psios. But for every six steps they took, shiva parim v'shiva elim. It was seven parim and seven elim. So I'm later of chista imkein, that's crazy. That's a crazy amount of animals. The whole Eretz would be full of bamos. You have to say no. It was a little less than that. For every six steps, it was a sharumri. In every six sets of six steps, shiva param v'shiva elim. It was shiva param and shiva elim. Ksiv kidon. It says in the Yamim that they got to kidon. Um, the uksiv and Shmuel says nachon. Um, so. So uh, why does the Navi call the place one time Kidon, one time Nachon? So I'm Rabbi Yechon, Betchila Kidon, it's a description of the Aron, that the Aron was like a weapon, that, that Uzzah died from it, but after it stayed in the house of Ovid Edom Agiti, and uh, Ovid Edom's house was very blessed by it, his wife and all of his eight daughters-in-law had Shisha Bekeres Echad, all gave birth to six uh, children at a time, that's quite an expansion of the family in three months' time that the Aron was, uh, was in his house, so Nachon, so it was called Nachon, that it uh, had this uh, positive impact. So Nimtzei Satomer Shloshemine Avanam Hayu. So the Brisa continues that we see based on the Pesukim that there were three stones, sets of stones. Echad Sheik Moshe Baritz Moav. One that Moshe Rabbeinu set up in Eretz Moav when uh, when they reviewed the Torah and, uh, in Shivim Lashon. Shnei Marbei Veryajin Baritz Moav Hol Moshe Ba'er and Lalan and uh, later on when Moshe told Yoshua and Bnei Yisrael that they should set up stones and agree. So we say, just like in our reason, it says, by the Avalim that they set up, so to the Be'er by Moshe, when it says Be'er by Moshe, it must have also meant stones that were set up. And then there was another set of stones that Yoshua set up in the Yardin, which we already uh, discussed, those stones that were set up as a zikaron for 
future generations. And one set of stones that Yeshua set up in Gilgal. So how did Kali Sol write the entirety of Torah on the Mizbech? Meaning, not, not how did they manage to do it. It may have been a nace that they were able to write in 70 languages, but what did it look like? Where did they write it exactly? They wrote it on stones directly. And then they covered those stones with plaster. So Rabbi Shimon responded, According to you that they then covered all the writing with plaster, how did the Yomos HaOlam at that time learn Torah? Meaning the whole point was that they were supposed to learn from it. So Malawi said, Bina Yaseiru Nasam HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a Bina Yaseiru V'shigru Notirin Shalahen and they uh, sent their Sofrim V'kilpu Asasid V'yisu Uha and they were able to peel off that layer of plaster V'aldavrza Nechtam Gzardinam but it's because of that that they had access to the Torah that Nechtam Gzardinam V'rshachas that they ultimately fell into a V'rshachas Shaila Nilmod V'lolamdu they should have learned and they did Learn. Rabbi Shimon Omer Al Gabi Sid Kosvua. No, they wrote it directly on the plaster, the Kosulan Lamata, and uh, they wrote for the Sheva Umos that were in Chutzlaretz under the Torah that was written on these Avanim, the Parsha that it says of Losachaya Kal Nashama and Kiachrim Tachrimim and Lamana Shei Lamdu Eschem Lasus Kichol. That the reason we have to destroy all the inhabitants of Eretz Yisrael is because otherwise they're going to teach us all of their evil ways. So they were showing the Umos Olam from everywhere. That if you don't, if you're not the type of people that are going to teach us to do evil, and you're chosen b'tshuva, then we have no mandate to hurt you or to harm you. There's not going to be a losachay kol neshama. So they were given that uh, that warning in that uh, in that form. Okay, but from tomorrow we'll pick up with Amarav about five six lines from the end of the page. Everyone have a great day.